Hello and welcome to MMA Fight Club. I'm your host, Manuel Galarza, here on May 22nd, 2001. Just uh, finished watching the UFC Vegas 27 uh, fight card. This is a recap. Going to go through uh, the prelims and the main card here just, uh, just to give a brief recap of what happened. If you're catching this recap and maybe you were on the road, didn't get a chance to see the fights, um, <clears throat> I'm going to try to go ahead and hit just the bullet points of, of what happened in some of those fights. And, you know, uh, hopefully when you get some time, you actually sit down and actually watch the fights and enjoy them if you haven't watched them already. Um, in this episode as well, we're going to go ahead and try to, uh, you know, we'll cover some bullet points of what our prediction show had, where we were on, where we were off, um, you know, uh, and just go ahead and sort of, you know, run that back a little bit. But let's go ahead and dive in here. So, yeah, today's the 22nd of May. Um, so this is Vegas 27. Uh, this was in the, uh, the small octagon there in Vegas. Um, so, yeah, it's always weird now when we see those events because there's no fans, right? There's no fans at all. And it's just like brings back all the memories of like COVID and, and no fans at the events, right? So, um but yeah, okay, so let's just start, you know what we're going to do? Something a little different. We're going to start with like the main card because we just watched that. So if you're catching this episode, that's probably fresh in your mind. And we'll start with that fight and then we'll kind of go go back down, you know, each fight one, one at a time. So Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt. Most people were on um, were on Font, okay? We were too. That was our part of our prediction show. We liked Font. And that was pretty much even money. Um think now looking after that fight I, everyone could pretty much agree that Fon is is a better fighter um you know a note about Cody um did a good job took a lot of punches you know that's been his like Achilles heel right his his issues with uh taking punches and not being able to you know doesn't have a chin I thought he did a good job now uh just just opinion just my opinion I thought he also was very cautious you know so like he had a few moments where he did you know he did Cody stuff where he you know got really started wanting to trade I, I think once or twice he kind of like waved you know font to come on in like hey you know come come on give me you know give me what you got so but there was very little of that and I think that's a good thing you know Garbrandt's showing some kind of fighter IQ he wants to he wants to stick around this sport a little bit longer so you can't just be getting knocked out so for him it's like you know Cody Garbrandt's stock kind of goes like up a little bit here you know he went five rounds font pretty legit so um for that from that standpoint thumbs up for Garbrandt but at no point was he actually in the, a position to actually win this fight. Uh, Font was just much sharper on his feet. Um, Cody did some good stuff with like takedowns. He showed his wrestling experience, um, and you know Font, you know, didn't do great at first defending those takedowns, but eventually he was able to defend those takedowns. I think Garbrandt got a little tired, um, and uh, so this is pretty much on their feet the entire time this fight. And yeah, they traded. Cody landed some good shots in the fourth, fifth, uh, fifth round. Fifth round, Cody landed some good shots at the end, but. It ended with a very um, uneventful, like, takedown attempt by um, Font. He fell to his back. He just kind of hugged Cody, and that was, like, the last 10 seconds of the fight. So I had some sprinkles on some prop bets, like, for example, the under. I had fight does not go the distance. I also had Font by uh, TKO or KO, and even Cody. Like, just some, you know, far-fetched parlays, just to have some fun. Um, but none of that happened. Anyway, Font won. Most people were on Font good victory we'll see what happens here he's moving up so maybe he's on you know on the verge of getting you know some title shots here in the near future all right the the fight before that the co-main event um Jan versus Sparza so yeah I was just off on this one completely off uh I, I thought Jan you know looked at her record I 
you know, and right after she lost this fight, so she she let me tell you what happened here. She she gets dominated. So Carla Esparza really puts on a clinic here, and it's like you the, it, the right from the rip. So Jan comes out, throws like a wide shot, and it's like what a rookie move. Why are you charging Carla Esparza like that? Because you know she's just looking to take you down. And so Jan's like off balance and gets taken down. And, you know, we've all been there when we're, we're, we have money in a fighter. And this girl in particular, I had her in a lot of parlays. So this was, this was the crippler for, for me tonight in terms of instead of having like a break-even type of weekend, which I ended up more or less break-even on my UFC stuff, um, instead of, you know, winning, you know, a full clip, you know, about a G, I lost out on that because of this fight. And I blame myself entirely. You know, it's women's MMA, and it's an Asian fighter, right? I, I, I'm like, what am I doing here? I've talked about this. Fade the Asian fighters. Now, I know why I went reverse course on that, because my rationale was she's been fighting in the UFC since, like, whatever, 2016 or something like that, so she's gotten some UFC experience. And so that's where I was like, oh, no, she's good. You know, I'll, I'll say most people were on Yan, you know, um, my man, my man, MMA Lawton, uh, he, he had a Sparza. That was a great pull. Um, Sparza looked much better. So, you know, Sparza dominated her from the, from the beginning of the fight, took her to the ground, owned her on the ground. Right before the whistle in the first round, um, Sparza comes down with a nice sharp elbow, cuts Jan, like really bad, like splits her open right on contact. They come out of the corners in the second round, and Carla just, same thing, gets her right to the ground. You see Jan just, you know, she's trying to get out of there, can't get out of there. At some point, um, Carly gets, like, um, complete dominant positions on the ground, is able to, you know, f you know pinning her her elbow, putting her knee on her elbow, pinning her arms down, you know, putting her in awkward positions, and she's grinding Jan, just elbowing her, punching her, and the ref has to stop the fight, and it was a good stoppage. So if you had Carla Esparza finishing that fighter by KO, my goodness, I, I did not see that. Um, I did not do any prop betting with this fight, but yeah, full transparency. This was a crusher right here. Um, I think something like six or seven, maybe more, six or seven like parlays that had beautiful seven, eight, nine, ten legs, and this was the one that it failed. This was the one. So chalk it up as experience. Got to think about women's MMA. Got to remember, you know, got to be careful there. Probably should have taken Carla on a few uh, more of those parlays because she was plus 100. Really missed out on that one. Um, but anyway, so yeah, Jan got the TKO. Jan got TKO'd, KO'd in the second round there by Carla. Nice win by Carla. Carla's like back in the picture now. She's going to be, she mentioned it. She liked it. She said after the fight during the interview that she would like the title shot. So I imagine that's, uh, that's in the cards in the near future. All right, next fight, uh, heavyweight, Tafa versus Vand Vandera, right? So on our prediction show, um, I mentioned why we were picking Vandera, right? So we picked Vandera, and it wasn't just like, oh, you know, he's plus one fifty underdog. It wasn't just that. Like I had seen Tafa recently; he got he got knocked out. Like so, he you know, his chin's okay, but like he's not basically he's not invincible. Put it that way. And Vendera is like, you know, journeyman, like just a tough guy. Like you're going to have to really beat the beat the beat brains out of this guy, right, to get him to back up and stop coming at you. And in this fight, like that's what he does. Like he just doesn't stop. He just keeps walking at Tafa. And Tafa pieces him up. Don't get me wrong. Like Tafa definitely wins like 
I think he wins round one. You know, like he's striking, he's landing. You know, um, then by about midway point of round two, Bandera's now landing some combinations. Like he's landing some heavy punches. And so you see Tafa sort of, <laughs> he sort of checks himself. He's like, all right, I got to I gotta, exp- I gotta respect this man's power. And so Vendera's kind of making some combinations. So I think after round two, you're looking at this as a 1-1 fight. And, um, you know, when you go into round three, now cardio becomes a, a factor a little bit. Tafa starts to move slower. He's not throwing nearly as much. So, like, I think at one point the announcers go, like, to whatever stats, scores they have there on the screen for striking. And, like, Vendera's, like, basically triple the amount of, of volume and triple the amount of contact with, with his striking. So he's becoming, like, this volume monster. But he actually hits Tafa a few times. Like, he actually kind of, like, yeah, you can see it. Like, not that Tafa's, like, fully hurt. He's not stunned. He just gets his attention, you know. Um even some leg kicks. Like, what what heavyweight is out there in, like, third round throwing kicks? Like, Vendera, like, you got to test my man maybe for some some uh, some vitamins, right? Um, no, I'm just joking. I have no reason to believe that. Um, you know, I'm just saying it was impressive. Heavyweight guy like him. So, anyway, if you, if you listen to our prediction show and you took this, the same reason that we took this is why we should have been on Esparza, quite honestly. These are close fights it's a close fight why not get the biggest return right why not take that little bit of a dog money and in this situation it wasn't just that like really wasn't sure about tafa that's why we took that position you know and like that's where we really got got ourselves jammed up in the yan and esparza fight like got this idea that like we're so sure yan's going to keep dominating and boom completely wrong should look more at the numbers and been more careful with that um okay so in any case, the fight goes to decision, and Vendera wins by decision. Um, you know, does a good job. Um, man, if you were on Tafa and you were, and I could see Tafa probably was a, a parlay piece. Ooh, I'm, I apologize, guys, because yeah, at minus 190, you know, that's the kind of fight that I definitely would have parlayed when I first started, you know, dabbling in this business. I would have definitely taken that. So hopefully that wasn't you. Hopefully you weren't burned there. Okay, the fight before that was uh, the second women's fight of, uh, or I'm sorry, the first fight. I guess we're going in a different order, but anyway, it's the other women's fight on the uh, card this evening, and that was Felicia Spencer versus our Brazilian favorite Dumont. Um, so I do have to say, just you know, I thought Dumont was going to wear the like the tight, um, you know, those like tight yoga shorts. So I was a little bummed there. <laughs> I was a little bummed. But with all that said, she still wears those those other looser kind of, I don't know, normal shorts. She wears them well. Um all joking aside, she's got she's got like some really, you know, I'm not calling her fat, but like her her thighs, her lower body, her lower part portion of her body is is really, you know, thick and strong. And I think that kind of plays into uh, I'm wondering like long term what happens with her here because like she gets this win. She does look good. Um, Felicia, you're never going to knock Felicia. I shouldn't say never, but, like, you're going to have to, like, hit her with a bat. Okay, this girl, and I, we had that in the prediction show. We said we like Dumont, okay? Um, we gave reasons for why we like Dumont, and I thought some of it was, like, you know, she's the up-and-coming fighter. I know there's been some drama with weight and missing fights and, and things of that nature, but like, she's just got it, you know, like she's, I'm not saying she's like a top five or the best in the division, I'm not, I'm not going there, 
but she's got those qualities of what you're looking for. Even something as simple as like her being like, you know, something decent to look at, you know, her, you know, her, her physical features, like, you know, if she puts on some lipstick and makeup, like, you know, she's, she's an attractive young lady. And I remember when Rousey was like, you know, she was like their golden, you know, child and the uh, UFC was marketing her everywhere. And look, I'm not, not <laughs> who am I to judge? I think Ronda Rousey's probably like an average looking, you know, decent looking young lady. Right. But boy, they had her looking, you know, like this queen, they really had her dressed up well and they really marketed her and, you know, the magazines and the ESPN, the body magazines, they really marketed her well. If you're the UFC, like, you know, and uh, this is going to sound mean, but like, you know, Cyborg, right? Cyborg, she's not UFC anymore, but like, man, you know, and maybe it's the fights, you know, she just, you know, she looks rough, a little rough, you know, and I, I you know, who am I to judge? I'm not, I'm not saying she's ugly. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, you got... It's a real world out there when it comes to marketing these fighters, and Dumont seems to be that one. Like she's the one. So th this fight goes the distance. Spencer takes you know some damage. Dumont looks really clean at at some point striking. Second round, Dumont dominates. She gets Felicia to the ground. She's just cleaner on the feet. First round could have gone either way. Um, um, I was leaning Dumont, so maybe me, I was a little biased. I thought Dumont's cleaner strikes, harder strikes, that gives her the advantage in round one. Round three gets a little interesting because if you're looking at the first half of round three, Dumont seems to win that for the same reasons as round one, I would argue. Cleaner strikes and actually takes Spencer down, right? But then Spencer somehow a reversal or something or gets a takedown. And, no, she gets a takedown. Dumont gets tired. And that was like, oh, I was, I was getting like, oh boy, here we go. Like, please, Dumont, do not get tired. And that's a footnote. She needs to improve her cardio. Okay, so she, she survives though. Dumont survives. Spencer brings her down, and then Spencer's like on top of her, but doesn't do anything for like the last like thirty seconds to a minute. She's just there, and Dumont's holding her. And the fight ends. And as soon as the fight ends, I remember looking at, I saw Dumont literally like fist pump, like she's on her back. The bell rings, and she's like, yes. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, honey, this is women's MMA. <laughs> uh, this is the UFC, sweetheart. Have you been looking at some of the recent fights? What are you so sure of? I mean, because in my mind, I'm like, I, you know, this is this is where those 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 judges, right? So here we go. This, this one's the card for the night that's going to make you go like, huh? So... One judge, I'm not gonna name him out. That's no, that's not of importance right now. But one judge gives gives it 30 to 27 for Dumont, and I can see that. I can see all three rounds going to Dumont. First round was close. Second round, I think if you put the clock on it, I think Dumont may have actually had more control time on the ground in the second round than Spencer did on the ground. I could be wrong, but I think that's what I kind of remember, and it was close. So. 30-27, when they said that score, when they said, oh, one judge has 30-27 Dumont, I thought, oh, okay, we're, we're good here. You know, Dumont was a plus 150 favorite coming in. A lot of people were on the, the veteran Spencer. I thought this was Dumont's, you know, opportunity here. So we were, I'm happy. I'm, I'm thinking, let's go. Come on, Dumont. Well, ends up, the next score comes out, and it's like 29-28 for Spencer. And I'm like, huh? Like, I'm literally like, like I, you know, you get that terrible feeling in your stomach. Like there's a judge there that saw the fight two rounds for Spencer, 
and the other judge, like, sitting in the same darn room with him, saw all three rounds for Dumont. I'm like, what are they judging with? Like, do they have different... Like, I don't want to get on a tangent here, but, like, do they have, like, completely different standards? Like, everyone's using a different rule book? Because one round, maybe, but two full rounds difference. That's where you're like, what? And it's like, so one, you know, like, yeah, yeah, wild, right? So, in any case, um, so 30, 27, 29, 28, and then the last, you know, uh, scorecard comes out, and I believe that was 29, 28 for, uh, for Dumont. Now, th- I think 29, 28 safely is the right score because if you're going to give either the first round or the third round to Spencer, if you thought it was that close, if you lean towards her that way, that makes sense. I get it. So, yeah, man, shady, shady deal there. I'm happy. The plus 150 hit that. That's a nice return. Um, not a lot of people were on that. Um, kind of like the Vendera, you know, pick. Not a lot of people were on those two. So those are nice two main card picks. Um, moving down to the next fight. Let's go down to Aljo versus Ramos. And w- we were on Ramos. Um, this is another one. It was a plus 100 and just felt like, you know, the tools, right? I, I was mentioning, I think Ramos has more tools, right? Um, I'm going to quickly summarize this fight. This was a really close fight. So, like, nobody got cut. No one got stunned. No one got hurt. Takedowns were, you know, you know, they were part of the part of the fight. Like, you know, Aljo's a good wrestler, you know. So, there was some takedowns, but that wasn't really the fight where the fight was won or lost. The fight was won on the feet. Seemed like Ramos was getting, like, the harder strikes, you know. When it came to, I think, the, I think it was first round. Yeah, first round, Ramos got, like, a takedown and then got some back control. And that may have won him that round. In round two, he also got a, a takedown as well. Ramos did and got some back control as well. That that helped him as well. So, I got to make sure I stay close to this mic so that the, the volume is good. My apologies. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, it was a close fight. You know, I, I'll tell you this. Um, Ramos clearly won the fight, okay? Um and I'm gonna. I'm just gonna just. I, I gotta say this real quick. The announcers were just really annoying. I, I I don't even know which ones were talking, whatever. But like they were. If you just watch this fight, you you think Aljo's just like whooping his behind because every single time Aljo does anything, if Aljo literally just throws a punch and it doesn't make any contact, the dude would be like Aljo with a, a spinning fist. Uh, Aljo with like a, look at that question mark kick. And I remember one time, like he made, he does a kick or something, he doesn't even come close to landing. Like it's just like in the air, and the guy's like, "Oh man, look at that kick! These are so amazing!" Like I'm like, "Oh my goodness, you, you, you three or you four, whoever's talking on the, on the, on the, on the, uh, you know, on the, on the TV there doing the announcing. Like it was annoying. It was really annoying. I usually am not that guy. I don't usually complain about that, but this one was like annoying. And so like even after the fight, like they were talking and like they were saying how like, oh, you know, it was a really close fight. 3027. One judge had 3027. It was 3027. Aljo didn't win a single round. It wasn't even a good fight. So, like, it was uneventful. Like, let me give you the highlights. Uneventful. No one got cut. No one got stunned. No one got knocked down. No one got even close to getting submitted. Uh, no freaking drama at all. So, I understand the job as a broadcaster is to do something and build it up. But when they're at the very last, the last few comments were being made, they interview. Ramos and after like at the end of the interview they're like oh yeah man well that was really tough good close fight and I'm like what were you watching <laughs> Ramos is much better than Aljo so let's just put that right now stamp of approval 
Okay, Aljo is a good fighter. He's he's in this, you know, he's a good wrestler. He's around here, and Hamos is like up here. He's just got he's got a level on him. Vegas had this wrong. People were, were putting money on Aljo minus one twenty five. We were on Hamos. He did a good job. I'm not saying I'm gonna put the bank on him next time, but in this particular matchup, it, it worked out. Worked out. All right, one more fight on the main card: Hermanson and Shabazian. This fight, if you had money on Shabazian, like after round one, you're just like, yes, yes, this looks great. And so I was on Hermanson. I remember watching this fight because it's the first fight of the main card. So you're like, you know, your your popcorn's buttered. You're really ready now. And I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? I, I thought, geez, is this it? Like this is where Hermanson just the wheels start falling off. You start getting... You know, because he's backing up, he's getting hit, he's, you know, Shabazian's landing really clean punches. You know, he looks good, you know. Um, you know, he, he just, everything's working for Shabazian in the first round. Takedowns, hitting him, the whole deal. I remember thinking to myself, because I, I heard I heard some, some people on him a little bit this week. Um, I mean, heck, my, my buddy, you know, my buddy does a podcast I listen to. I'm not going to call him out by name, because I don't want to call people out when they get it wrong, but... He does a podcast, and I, I I respect the heck out of him. And he was on Shabazian, but he was one of the few people on Shabazian, right? Like two guys actually I follow, I listen to, were had picked Shabazian, and I thought to myself, I got to be careful because when when these guys are picking something like this, I got to listen. And I also like I also like the one one thirty dog for Shabazian. So let me get get to the point here. He gets through round one. He looks like I mean, if you probably check the live numbers, he was probably like minus three hundred, minus four hundred at that point. That's how dominant he was in round one. Hermanson looks slow. Hermanson's like playing defense, but you know the the punches are coming right through his guard, and it's just not looking good for Hermanson. And at that time, that was before Jan destroyed my parlays. I had Hermanson in some of those parlays as well, so it was like okay. You know, he was he was part of a parlay system, you know, minus 162. I didn't I didn't bet that straight up. So anyway, let's just let's just move forward here. So what ends up happening um, like round two starts and it's like the Joker, you know, Hermanson. They call him the Joker, right? It's his nickname. It's a cool, cool nickname. It's unique. At least it's not like Pitbull. If one more person calls themselves Pitbull, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Shooting myself. So that's a cool one, right? Yeah, Joker. Um, and so the Joker comes out there round two. Like, IQ is on point. He's just like, I'm going to push tempo, get him up against the cage. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever I got to do here. I need to get points. I got to get him to the ground, do what I got to do. So, you know, he basically just, you know, gets a lot of – gets gets him on the ground, gets ground control. He's busy. Shabazzian, you're kind of like, wow, you're getting tired. Why are you – you know, why are you backing up? Now Shabazian starts, you know, showing signs of a cut on his eye. And so at the very end of the second round, Shabazian, like, flips position, and he gets on top of Hermanson and starts throwing strikes. But this is at the very end of the second round. It looks like second round, it was already, like, too late, you know, that Hermanson kind of had him, you know, done, right? So in, 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 terms of the, in terms of the scorecard, right? So if you're following me after round two, it's one round one for Shabazian and round two probably for Hermanson, like one one. Though I wasn't sure. I mean, maybe it could have been two zero. I'm like, I was. I'm at that point. I'm like, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. Shabazian did reverse position. He did start doing some ground and pound at the end of the second round. You know, judges see things weird. They don't. Sometimes they don't see the time. Whatever. So we go to round three, and yeah, round three. Hermanson comes out, wins the round. There is no question. 
Shabazian has an issue with cardio. It becomes obvious. It becomes clear. His eyes getting more busted up. He's in the bottom. Um, I'll tell you, if someone said, what was the deciding factor in this fight? Like, what was the reason why Hermanson won and not Shabazian? I could say it wasn't because, like, Shabazian's not. Like, I, I think, actually, Shabazian's a better fighter. Like, isn't that weird? I actually think if these guys fought, like, five times, Shabazian wins probably three of the five times. Like, I, I think one of those fights, Shabazian knocks out Hermanson maybe in the first round. So, like, I'm convinced Shabazian's actually pretty good, and this is a tough loss. Like, the, the, wasn't the question that people were asking, like, isn't this too much? Why are you giving this fight to Shabazian so soon? Because Hermanson's like, you know, he's a joker, man. He's a jack-of-all-trades. He kind of knows the ins and outs. And in this fight, if you ask me what was the deciding factor, it was fighter IQ. And fighter IQ tied in with experience. And Hermanson knew coming out from after round one, like, okay, I dropped round one. I got to change my approach. I can't fight round two that way. Takes that momentum into round three. Shabazzian kind of gasses a little bit. Um, that's a training issue. But then he also has low I fighter IQ, not able to get out of the situations that Hermanson's pushing him into. And so... Hermanson gets the win, and we also were on Hermanson. So for the main card, we were four, five, and one. Uh, the only one we had incorrectly was uh, was Jan. And man, you know, looking back at that one, that was yeesh. Sparza dominated her, you know, dominated her. So all right, let's move into the prelim. We're gonna keep going down here. It's only one, two, three, four, five fights here, right? So, um, okay, let's go. Actually, six fights. I'm sorry. So Rothwell and Barnett and. Um, you know, as expected, this was just not very entertaining. You've got this like he's five foot nine, but he looks like he's like five foot like two compared to Rothwell. He's got this really, really thick. But actually, let me say this about Chris Barnett because I, I was taking shots and and I was just being, I was just making fun. I was just you know all in good fun. You know, everyone's built differently, right? You know, but what I was poking fun at was like, man, you know, this guy just really looks out of shape you know, his, his, his body type, right? But he actually lost a lot of weight. When I saw him at the weigh-in, I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, like, must have lost, like, I'm going to guess he probably lost, like, 70, 80 pounds or something crazy because, yeah, he was much, much, uh, you can't use the word lean, <laughs> but he had lost weight, okay? So Mr. Barnett here going against Rothwell, he had lost weight. I don't think I heard anyone choose Barnett to win this fight and not even my crazy behind consider this as a as a dog and I think I explained that in the prediction show because I said there's no way there's no way I could see Barnett winning this fight and you know it just was uneventful it was um, you know a second round like choke basically just giving up Barnett was getting super tired he didn't want to fight anymore you know it's like he was just giving up you know he had enough he was like I, I prepared for one round guys this round two stuff, he's like, I don't want no part of it. And Rothwell, you know, Rothwell looked okay. He did what he should have done. You know, he didn't knock him out, but he got a submission via guillotine, guillotine choke. And um, not going to waste another bit of breath in this fight, except for to say that we chose Rothwell, but we said, can't really bet it, minus 335. Like, for what? Not really even valuable enough for us in a parlay piece. So we were on Rothwell, but so was everybody, because Barnett is not a UFC-level fighter. Okay, moving on to the next fight here, 
Court McGee and Claudio Silva. And this one right here blew up. Yeah, it blew up in my face because I'm going to just say it, man. Like, McGee is a tough dude. I liked how when he talked after the fight, like his post-fight was like kind of like spiritual. You know, he mentioned something about a lady that he lives next to or is a neighbor who like kind of I'm envisioning this old lady comes to McGee like, listen here, uh, Mr. McGee, you're just too nice. He says how she says to him that he's too nice of a guy and that he needs to like crush people. I think that's the exact word, crush people. And so I'm envisioning this, this like 75, 80 year old lady who's maybe offering him some candy and saying, look here, little McGee, you, you need to be a tough guy. You're just too nice of a guy. You need to be go out there, you crush people, or kick him in the, you know what, like be, be, be a nasty dude. And McGee says that in the post fight interview. He says like, yeah, I'm like a nice guy. And the way he says it's funny because like he's the guy who's like, I don't, I don't want to be mean here. I'm not trying to be mean. He's just like that guy who's a little quiet. Like he's that guy who's like, you know, the kind of a quiet guy. Maybe even could be termed as a little awkward because like socially he's just like, you know, he's the guy leaning against the wall, you know, like in a, in a bar, not trying to be Mr. You know, he's not the center of the party. He's not that guy who's, you know, making a big deal of everything, big mouth. He's just like this quiet guy. And so he admits in the post-fight interview that he needs to be nastier, especially in the octagon. He took that approach. And I think that's what happened here because if old McGee had fought Claudio Silva, then maybe this works out my, the way I wanted to. I was on Claudio Silva and I, you know, it was like whatever, 50, 50 split out there. And it was 50, 50 in terms of the, the odds. It was like minus 118, minus 107 for McGee. Anyway, let, let me just kind of wrap this up and say good for McGee. Dude's like, you know, this is, a, this is a big chance for him to prove that, like, I'm not done. You know, I, I got got plenty left in the tank. He did. He's, like, on a spiritual, like, sort of, you know, rebirth. Sounds good. Sounds positive. Talked family. Talked about a lot of positive things. And uh, for Claudia Silva, like, man, get, you know, get a bicycle and start training and get your cardio together. This was the knock on him. Clearly, I didn't heed the warnings, right? I heard this. You know, the, the, the handicappers out there I listened to, a lot of them were telling me, like, <laughs> they weren't telling me. They were telling their audiences, like, hey, man, you know, Silva, Cardio, um, you know, McGee, McGee. McGee was one in six coming into this fight. I remember harping on that in the prediction show. I was like, oh, one in six, one in six. How do you bet a fighter one in six? You know how? Like that, the way that uh, whoever won tonight with McGee did. So if you had him in straight-up bet, if you were parlaying with him, good for you guys. That was that was a nice nice win. Good performance. No question he won that fight. Okay, let's move on down here to the fight prior to that, which was the other Silva, right? So this one, Bruno Silva was like heavily favored against Victor Rodriguez. And I, there's no reason to spend a lot of time here. Silva was minus 345 going into this fight, putting Rodriguez as plus 260. And, you know, ser serious questions here about... Um, like Rodriguez, like I, when I mean serious questions, like you know he's got to be careful that he doesn't he doesn't get bounced out of the UFC because like you know he just got super duper rolled up and dominated here, and the way he loses the fight is like he gets like it was a hard punch, you know, like it's round one, so that's also like, like he's getting dominated in round one like the whole time pretty much, but then he takes a really hard punch on their feet. He hits the ground. Bruno comes over to him and just finishes up, sort of pounds him out, you know, pounds him out for a TKO finish, right? 
And like that's all she wrote. Like I'm, um, you know, I'm fading Victor Rodriguez heavily right now. Um, and as for Bruno, let's see what he does here moving forward because that was a great showing. He d- like that's a fight where like if you know you have to look at certain fights and look at where fighters are at and like you know like if you're gonna be like top elite, you know, then do a top do what top elite guys do. You know what they do? They finish lower level fighters. They finish them in the first round. They get them out of there. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to play games with their food. Like, they're going to eat. All right, let's move on down to uh, the next fight. Oh, oh, actually, let me just, uh, yeah, let me reiterate there that we we were on Silva, but everyone was on Silva. I said we couldn't bet it because minus 345. And so, yeah, I didn't mess with that at all. Didn't parlay it. Didn't bet it straight up, but uh, did pick Silva to win. Okay, so Kulabau versus Shailin, Shailin, right? And so if I was following my philosophy, like if you play blackjack ever, you know, like you have certain rules, you stick to them. And if you stick to those certain rules mathematically, you're supposed to be in a better place, a better chance to win. Well, next time I'm doing a breakdown of a fighter who's from the Far East, who's Asian, Oh, Jan, you crushed me tonight, honey. So, Jan, like, you know, I, I should have just been using that same rule. Like, all right, just leave the fight alone or just take his bars, right? Because, like, these fighters from Far East, like, they're showing huge, huge, like, holes. Like, it's just how Jan let Esparza do what she did to her tonight is a little amazing. I don't think, I mean, now that it happened, you can envision how it happened, but, like, man. In this fight here, Kulabau versus uh, Shailen, um, you know, it was a unanimous unanimous decision. You know, Kulabau pretty much dominated the fight, and and yeah, I'm not going to spend too much time on this. You know, bottom line is Shailen lost. Um, you know, he was a plus one ninety five. You know, dog Kulabau was favorite. Everyone had Kulabau. I probably should have parlayed him a little more because at minus two fifty, you know, that's the threshold, and you know, he looked good. He he earned the win, um, yeah, and that's that. So we were on Kulabau, we chose him, but I think every single person was choosing Kulabau to win this fight. Minus two fifty was actually pretty decent when you look at that. All right, so David Dvorak and uh, Ron Ronderos, right? So a lot of drama leading up to the fight, not with David per se, but like cancellations, um, change of fighters, like they bring a guy in, he doesn't make weight discussions about well just let him fight anyway um he was supposed to fight piava 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 was a 25 year old we were looking forward to see fight um because you know he's young up and coming and he has he has some real serious issues with the weight cut and actually ended up going to the hospital so let's hope that he gets well soon anyway so david just you know round round one rear naked choke um what did you expect this guy was coming in i I heard somebody joke that, you know, this guy, Ron Daros, was like walking on the strip <laughs> in Vegas. And they were like, hey, man, how much do you weigh? You know, want to come over here and just, can you fight? Like, just last for like a, a minute or so. And that's what happened. So, like, we learned nothing here about David Dvorak. Um, I'm sure he's bummed, too. Like, he's probably thinking, you know, it's nice to get a win. But, like, because you know how this works. Like, anyone sees that fight and he wins. And, and yeah, he wins. Okay, so yeah, my argument, or what I said before, was if you're an elite fighter 
and you you do have to do elite things and finish fights if you're fighting somebody who's lower level, right? So in that case, you know, cheers to you, David. You did exactly what you should do. So, you know, maybe I shouldn't take shots at him having a waste of a fight here because he did do that. But, you know, when you're breaking this guy down again, like in, in a fight or two from now, and you look at this fight, you're going to do that. You're going to say, oh, well, that was just kind of a bum. Doesn't really mean much. So, you know, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but I feel bad that David didn't get a better quality opponent. That's That's my point, so. All right, let's move to the first card, our first fight on the card, which was Demir Magulov versus Rafael Alves. And, you know, like, we were on Alves, so let me just, let me just, you know, get that out there. We were on Alves, and, like, I want to double down on that I was on Alves. I said it, okay? And I think I was one of the only people who was saying to, to put something there. He was plus 400 versus Ismagulov, who was minus 560. If you watch the fight or didn't watch the fight, um, the point is it ends up 29-28 decision for Ismagulov, right? So just now harking back to those numbers, like minus 560, you know, um, I'm not saying anyone was out there probably taking that. People were probably maybe parlaying some of that. Yeah, I think Ismagulov was the favorite parlay piece for some, a few people that I, I heard from. So... And I would never do that at minus 560. So this is interesting. Like, he gets the win. Everything's okay. There's no drama here. But, wow, you know, you're sweating there a little bit, 29-28. Alves did get around. And uh, he didn't get the submission. I had a sprinkle on Alves by submission. But, you know, he was a little closer than I think um, people might have expected. So we did lose that one. We did pick that one. And in all fairness, I think that was a pick where I don't regret taking it. But we were, you know, looking for for the for the odds there. I mean, if I had to, you know, bet my right arm leading up to that fight, I would probably bet Ismagulov winning, right? He was clearly the, the fighter coming in with a higher. Well, I shouldn't say higher, but he was coming in with a little more steam, right? You know, so kind of slowed up right there after this one. I'll be, look, I'll be watching Ismagulov as he heads into his next fight because, again, we'll see if he's how favored he is and what's going on. So, all right, anyway, that wraps up the entire um entire Las Vegas or, or sorry Vegas 227 um you know fight card which was uh Font versus Garbrandt and um decent fights it wasn't like a bunch of crazy KOs um there's definitely been better cards but this is the Vegas thing you know like I look at this as like you know like yeah I look at this as like you know this is just like it keeps you entertained on the weekend. It's not the big events. It's not like the big pay-per-view events. So, you know, if you're a, a UFC fan, you know, and you like watching the fights on the weekend, <coughs> excuse me, then, you know, this was good for that. Um, but a little underwhelming, right? A little underwhelming. Um, just just to recap here on the underdogs and how they performed. Very, very good. Very good, right? So starting from the top. Sparza, she was plus 100. She got the win. Vandera, he got the win. He was plus 150. Dumont with the win, plus 150. Ramos with the win, plus 100. Wow, so that's four dogs on the main card that all won, okay, as dogs, right? And then Font was negative 110 if you took him, like, a day or so ago. So he was like, oh, it was a pick them, right? Look at the value on this. You could just parlay the main card with dogs and font. 
and then the Hermanson fight, like, man, you could argue that there was a moment in time after the first round where Shabazzian at plus 130 was about to be another dog winning on that on that main card. So, But, yeah, just to harken back to what we just said, one, two, three, four, four, four dogs on the main card alone won. On the prelim, um, yeah, so in the prelim, there were no dogs that were winners. The Silva and the McGee fight was basically a pick em. And so Kulab was a strong favorite. He won. Silva was a strong favorite. Bruno Silva, that is, was a strong favorite. He won. Ismagulov won his fight, strong favorite. So did Rothwell. And then the Claudio Silva and McGee fight was a pick em. And we picked the wrong way. So anyway, our totals for the night, we ended up going um, – Eight and three on the card, so we had eight correct correct uh, picks in terms of who was going to win or lose the fight versus the three that we got wrong. And the ones we got wrong again were Claudio Silva, it was Alves, and the backbreaker of the night, um, Jan. That one cost uh, cost me from going uh, like, oof, great weekend to eh, kind of ran in place at the end. So. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap this up right now. I have to upload the upload this uh, show to YouTube and get it up to the podcast for all those night owls. I mean, it's only 11.20, actually, my time. So if I get this done fast enough for the people who want to get some recaps in and do some you know, listening, uh, this will be there for, for your pleasure. If you like the show, uh, if you like the recap, if you listen to our prediction show this weekend and we're able to make some money and get some winning tickets, um, you know, go ahead and hit the like button, subscribe. Follow our podcast, share our podcast, share our YouTube channel. And as always, we welcome uh, feedback uh, both on our channel. You can put a comment on our page, hit our Twitter channel, um, our Twitter channel. <laughs> that makes no sense. Hit our Twitter page. Okay. I'll put the uh, Twitter handle uh, link in the description. And uh, until next weekend, right? So, well, let me actually look at that real quick before I, uh, I jump off. So we have like something to look forward to. In terms of our next event, um, that's going to be, or do we have a weekend off? If we have a weekend off, it's going to feel like so weird. You know, we've had so many events, like back to back to back to back. And um, no, 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 look at this. So, um, wow, that's interesting. So the next UFC event is June 5th. Okay, so. That's Rosenstrike versus Sakai. Um, that's a heavyweight match. So that'll be June 5th. That'll be at the Apex again in Vegas. That's a fight night deal. That's not like a, a pay-per-view situation. So, yeah. So in that case, what we're probably going to do this week is we'll do like um, we're going to dive into a new show we've been talking about, you know, messing around with. And so we'll. We'll do maybe our first episode of that show this week. Um, and if there's no fights uh, or no nothing coming up with 1TNT or nothing coming up with Bellator or anything like that, I'm just double-checking right now to see what's on the schedule. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a completely wide-open weekend next weekend. So, um, yeah, maybe I'll drop a video about, uh, you know, NBA or, or Major League Baseball or just some of the stuff that, you know, I dabble with over there as well on the side. But anyway, let me get off of here. Hope you guys did well. Um, you know, uh, yeah, hope you guys did really well. Hope your picks went well for you. Most importantly, hope you're safe, you're happy, you're content, uh, you know, with your family, your health, um, as healthy as can be, right? You knock on wood. And uh, we'll see you guys here soon. Thanks again for listening. 
Again, this is uh, Manuel Galarza, your host with MFI Club. Take care.